Well, good morning. It's good to be with you guys today. As Rick said, my name is Chris. I'm the campus minister here at the Keller campus. And uh, if you're new with us today, we're really glad you're here. Typically, we receive our teaching via live stream with Rick uh, from our North Richland Hills campus. And so we do hope next week you'll be back with us as we start our Christmas series. Uh, but today, again, if you're new with us, we typically would have our kids in Bible study groups during the sermon, but we're glad that we're able to worship together as families today. And I want you to know if your kids are with you and you're worried about them being a distraction or making noise, I just spent Thanksgiving with my five grandchildren. Anything that happens in this room will not be a shock to me today. And so we're honored that you're here with us and we love having our kids in here with us as well. I wanted to start with just getting you thinking if there's a time you can remember when you were uh, really thought you needed to go hide, something had happened and you wanted to go hide. And whenever I think of that, I'm thinking about a uh, time in McAllen, Texas, when I walked into the women's restroom. Not only did I go into the women's restroom, because I've done that before where you walk in and you realize you're there and you turn around and leave. It was empty when I went in there and I ended up in a stall. And I was in there for a few minutes when somebody walked in the door and they said something and it was a female voice. And I thought, this poor lady is in the wrong bathroom. <laughs> until, another, until the door opened again and it was another female voice. And this time it was the female that was on this trip, this mission trip with me. That if you can imagine as the one person you don't want to catch you in this situation. And then it went on that I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm just going to wait this out until they leave and then I can escape. But apparently women do something in bathrooms that men don't do. They talk to each other. And there was, a bath, there was a toilet paper shortage in this bathroom. And so the lady said to my friend, well, that toilet is broken and the other one doesn't have any toilet paper. And my friend said, well, just ask the lady in the other stall to hand you some. <laughs> and so I can imagine this hairy arm coming up with toilet paper. And so I just decide to take my medicine and I th throw open the door and I walk across the the hall and I hide out in the men's bathroom and I didn't I stayed in there for about 10 more minutes so have you ever felt like you needed to hide from somebody that was me hiding from my friend and I tell you that story to then hopefully make a transition to a truth uh, that has caused me some discomfort through the years it comes in Hebrews 4 verse 13 where we read, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Now, before we get any rumors started, I was not naked in the bathroom. Um, but this verse, ever since I was a child, has scared me a little bit, that God sees everything. God knows everything about us. We're accountable to him. See, and many of us, even though we're not children anymore, we still live with that fear that God sees everything and it scares us. It's almost like we see God just waiting for us to make a mistake uh, 
so he can punish us. And it usually draws a certain response in our lives, a response similar to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when they sinned and ate the fruit. We read in Genesis 3, verse 7, at that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. You know, once they realized God knew everything, two things came into play. If you read this with me, these words jumped out. They felt shame and they hid from God. They felt shame and they hid from God. See, and it's my belief we've been trying to hide ever since because we feel that shame too. When we think that God knows everything about us, we respond with shame and we try to hide as well. And not just from God, but our shame makes us wanna hide from others as well. And so I was thinking just to myself, what do we hide? And three things came to mind. One is we hide our past. If you only knew who I was, we wanna keep our past in the past and we wanna hide that. We don't want people to know maybe we were a teen mom. Maybe we had an addiction. Maybe we were convicted of a crime and spent some time in jail. And so we hide our past because it, we feel shame. We're ashamed of who we were. But not only do we hide our past, we hide our present. Because sometimes we're not too proud of who we currently are. You know, we may dust it off when we walk into church and act like everything's okay, but we try to hide from people who we really are, that we lose our temper and have an anger problem that maybe we're a gossip or have an honesty problem. You know, the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but we don't want everybody else to know that sometimes. So we hide our past, we hide our present. And then another thought that I have is, this is really something I do, is I hide my insecurity. I hide because I don't want you to know what I'm not. And so what I tend to do is I cover up that insecurity with uh, confidence. But if you really knew what I was feeling, if you really knew who I was or what I wasn't, then you'd think differently of me. And I think it's a problem for us in our world that we try to hide our insecurity uh, because of Facebook, because of Instagram, social media. We can project all the things that we're not, thinking that people don't really know the true us. And so we try to cover these things up from God, from others, and then really we try to cover up from ourselves sometimes because nobody knows ourselves better than us. And we lie to ourselves sometimes trying to hide things. But this verse that we just read in Hebrews about God seeing everything points back in chapter four uh, to God's word, us seeing ourselves through God's word. 
but it also points forward. And I want to read the next passage for you because this struck me strange when I read it this year. The very next verse says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this verse about God knowing everything and seeing everything, I don't connect it to the next verse that says, so then come boldly to God's throne. I expect the next verse to be, since God knows everything, go hide. Go cover up in shame. But the Hebrew writer tells us that because God knows everything, we can come to his throne with boldness. And when I first connected these dots, I went, how is that possible? And so I think there's three things that the Hebrew writer points out in this scripture that we can do. The first thing that we gotta do is that we have to hold firmly to what we believe. We have to hold firmly to what we believe. Now, I'm not sure about your belief, but I wanna tell you what I believe. What I believe is that Jesus is God's son. He came to earth as a man and he lived a perfect life. He laid down this perfect life. He died for my sins so that I could be right with God. And not only did he die and bury, was buried, but he was resurrected and he lives in heaven forever, serving now as my advocate right next to God. In fact, in that Hebrews verse, it calls Jesus the perfect high priest. Now in the Old Testament, the high priest stood as the advocate between man and God, but he had to sacrifice animals for sin. And he made sacrifices for people's sins. Jesus is the sacrifice for people's sin. The high priest was a human that had to sacrifice for his own sins as well. But this passage reminds us that Jesus lived a perfect life. He was without sin. And the high priest had to continually make sin offerings because sin never does stop. But Jesus sacrificed his life once and for all, and all of our sins are covered. And so I believe that Jesus is God's son. He lived a perfect life on earth. He gave that life up. He died for my sins. He's in heaven forever, being my advocate next to God. And if I confess my faith and belief in him as my Lord and Savior, then I get to be with him in heaven forever. And y'all, that is truth that we need to hold on to. Because we live in a world right now, we have an enemy that makes us want to doubt what we believe. And so hold firmly to what you believe. And when you hold on firmly to that which you believe, then the second thing is, is that we can come boldly to God's throne. This is in contrast to hiding and covering up. You can come boldly to his throne. 
not because of anything we have done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. He is the perfect high priest because he lived on earth like us. In fact, that verse says that he understands our weaknesses. In another passage, it says he sympathizes with our weaknesses. And he can sympathize because he knows exactly what we're going through. He's faced every temptation we do. Think about that for a minute. He's faced everything that we face. He knows what it's like to feel weak, to be sick, to struggle with lust, to struggle with doubts and depression. He's gone through everything that we've done, yet he didn't sin. You know, this might be a stretch example, but when I was a freshman in high school, I played basketball. And we had a coach that would make us run. He would tell us to go run to the tree. Now, you know you go to a small school in the country when they tell you to go run to the tree and everybody knows what he's talking about. And this tree, I can't remember if it was a mile or a mile and a half out, but we would go run and you'd have to circle it and come back. And my freshman basketball coach would tell us to go run and he'd sit in a chair outside the gym and smoke cigarettes. And I know this because we would come back and he would smell like breath mints. And my dad did the same thing to cover up his smoking. But he would rest while we would go run. And when we would get back, he would gripe at us for not running fast enough. It wasn't a joy to play basketball for that coach. But my JV basketball coach the next year would make us run to the same tree, but he would run with us. And so as he ran with us, and we were tired or it was hot that day, he knew exactly what we were going through. And Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And he's the perfect high priest because as a man, he understands exactly what you're struggling with. When you fall short, he sympathizes with you. But as God, he can actually do something about it when we fall short. He is the perfect high priest. Ephesians 3 verse 12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. I don't know if you use those words very often to describe when you enter God's presence, but you can be bold, you can be confident, but your boldness doesn't come from your goodness it comes from Jesus Christ. And it's us placing our faith in him that allows us to come before God that way. So we hold firmly to what we believe and we come boldly to God's throne. So then we receive mercy and grace. Now, when you think about God knowing everything about you and you come into his presence, you may not think you're gonna receive mercy and grace. In fact, you may think you'll receive guilt and shame. And some of you, that may be your experience with church, but I would tell you that that's not the experience that you have with God's grace and mercy. In fact, that verse in uh, Hebrews says, we find his mercy and grace when you need it most. When you need it most. You see, his mercy 
is when you don't get what you deserve. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. We deserve judgment. We deserve punishment. But we don't get what we deserve. And then grace is when you receive what you don't deserve. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve eternal life. But that's what we receive when we need it most. We receive that mercy and grace. And if there's one thing I want to drive home to you today, it's that that mercy and grace is available for you. Because I think we live in a world where even as those that walk with Jesus, uh, we don't claim that confidence like we really should. As we said earlier, we hide, we feel shame. But one of the things that I've come to see is that when God's people receive that mercy and grace from him, they're more willing to share it with other people. And I've seen that lived out in our church. People that have hid their past, that have hid their present, have hid their insecurity, but when they bring it out into the light, they found mercy and grace. We find it through Celebrate Recovery. We see it in stories that are told in groups in radical mentoring or gathered groups or rooted, that once somebody tells who they were or even who they are and they see that they're loved and accepted, it completely changes things. In fact, I was in a rooted group where we each share our story. And one of our members shared a story of their past. And then after other people shared their story in upcoming weeks, they asked if they could go back and share more of their story because they hadn't told it all the first time. Because we stick our toe out there just a little bit. And then we see when we receive mercy and grace from God, it's a safe place to do it with other people as well. And I believe that's one of the reasons why we take communion every week. Communion is a great time for us to come and to realize that we, because of Jesus Christ, can enter God's presence and claim with confidence the forgiveness we have for our sins. And so each week we take communion, that we take the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus in a cup, and we remember what he's done for us. And so read with me in Hebrews 10 and verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. You see, in the Old Testament, the high priest was the only one who could go into the holiest of place, the holy of holies, and he could only go there one time a year. But Jesus as our perfect high priest tore down that curtain and we can enter God's presence daily and hourly with clean consciences because they were sprinkled by Jesus's blood. And it's that blood that we remember when we take communion. 
So today we're going to do communion a little bit differently than we normally do. Sometimes it's good to get out of our routine. And so we're going to sing a song about the blood of Jesus. And while we do that song, we've got communion in baskets up here and in the back of the room as well. Since we're worshiping as families today, if your family's here, please go with your family. I'm going to pray for us, but when you get the communion, if you want to move to the side and pray again, please do. If you want to go to take communion with your friends, or if this is a time when you just like to be with yourself with the Lord, we're going to give you space over this song to take communion however you want to. But I hope as you do it, you'll know that you don't need to hide anymore, but you come clean before God because of Jesus' blood. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, dear God, as we take this bread and this cup, can we come before you boldly and with confidence to be in your presence, God, knowing that we receive grace and mercy. We don't receive what we deserve, Father, and we receive things that we surely don't deserve. And God, so we praise you today as you allow us now to come into the holiest of your presence as we share in this body and blood. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I'm losing my voice, so I'm not going to holler. But if I could holler today, I want you to know. I want you to know that God knows everything about you. And you don't have to hide anymore. He knows everything about you and He greets you with mercy and grace. You can come boldly before Him. We don't have to run and feel shame anymore and hide. And I wanted to end this sermon with the perfect testimony. And I believe we have it in Scripture. It's a story in John chapter 4 that we call the woman at the well. And this is a woman that was hiding. We know this because she went to the well to get water in the heat of the day. Nobody would come during that time of the day. But she encountered Jesus at that well. And Jesus revealed to her that he knew everything about her. It happened through just a, a simple conversation between them when he told her to go get her husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you know, you're right. In fact, you've had five husbands and the man that you're living with now, you're not married to. And so you could see that this lady who was hiding, whenever Jesus revealed to her that he knew everything about her, she might just feel shame and guilt. But instead, we read what happened. In verse 28, it says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. You see, when she met Jesus and he revealed that he knew everything about her, but he met her with mercy and grace, that was attractional to her. It actually became her invitation to others. And that's my hope for you today, that if you've lived in fear, if you've been hiding from God, that the full knowledge that he knows everything about you and meets you with mercy and grace will allow you today for that to be your invitation as well. For you to run out of here with thanksgiving 
that you have a great high priest that allows you to enter God's throne room without shame, without guilt, without hiding any longer. We've hidden too long. But today I want that to be your invitation. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never confessed him as your Lord and Savior, would you do that today? Would you do it today so you can have that great high priest? You claim him as your Lord and Savior, put him on in the waters of baptism. Wash your sins away that they would be covered in the blood of Jesus. But maybe today uh, you know Jesus, but the enemy's been wearing you down. And the, en the enemy has told you that you should still feel guilt and shame. And we wanna call that the lie that it is right now. And so I'm gonna ask our elders to move down front to be available for prayer. I'm gonna ask everybody else, would you please stand now? And as we continue to worship uh, and praise God that we don't have to hide any longer, would you please respond for prayer or to confess Jesus as your Lord?